What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita. Today is November 4th, 2019. It's a Monday night, and the reason why that is significant is because it is the eve of college basketball season. Yes, that's right. College basketball season is coming tomorrow night. There'll be an exciting two-game tip-off, and there'll be some other games going on, but there are two huge games that we're going to be talking about uh, tonight, and we're going to lay the groundwork and preview this college basketball season, and it's been a long time since we've podcasted on college basketball because last year I was having... I was recovering from thyroid surgery when March Madness was going on. I was not in podcasting shape. And our March Madness podcasts were the original podcasts of this podcast. <laughs> so I've got one of the OG guys here with me. Actually, the real OG, Evan Myers. Evan, how are you doing? Jack, I'm doing well. It's good to be back. Yeah, you're an OG. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I I do remember that. It was a couple, what, two two years ago, three years ago now? Year and a half. Year and a half, that's right, yeah. And I think we were talking about that uh, UMBC upset over Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, my prediction, I called yes, it. Yes, you did, yeah. <laughs> All about KJ Mara and, uh, and Lyles and that yeah. whole crew. Yeah, and so here we are now, we're back. The season may not have started, but you and I are in mid-season form. And I'm so excited to get into this tonight, Evan. Yeah, I can't wait. This is, uh, you know, I was talking to a coworker today and he was saying this is his favorite time of the year. And I was like, my, my favorite is probably end of March, just in terms of sports. Yeah. But I may change that for tonight, at least, and for the next <laughs> week, that this is my favorite time of the year for sports. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I guess there's a strong case to be made. You know, to tell you the truth, I am struggling right now not having baseball. And so college basketball really gives me a lot of life after the summer ends and it starts to get cold. And now daylight saving is upon us. Yeah. What a bummer today getting out of work and it was dark out. And (laughs) it's just I'm not I'm not ready for the sun to start going down at four o'clock. All right. We got to fix this here, Evan. I am. Are you pro daylight savings or anti daylight savings? I mean, something's got to be in place, I guess, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, mm, I don't what, know. What's the solution? California's not doing it this year. Why? Well, I, I think parts of Arizona, too. Yeah. I think that's what I read somewhere. Parts yeah. of Arizona, I think parts of uh, South Carolina might be trying it out, too. I, I'm not sure. But um, before you know it, we're going to get on that Mike Greenberg um, suggestion and just have the whole country underneath one time zone. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. uh, yeah that's that was his suggestion but i don't think uh, i don't think that would go over well with a lot of things so all right i'm gonna give my take on daylight savings here i think so it goes back to i'm pretty sure they started it during one of the wars it was either world war one or world war two our country was at war and wanted to conserve resources so they didn't want people turning on lights in the morning So they said, let's do this daylight savings thing. So it's bright and less lights go off in the morning and we can save energy. That is how we got here. Did you know that, Evan? I did not know that whole backstory, but uh, it does make sense. Yeah. We're not at war anymore. This is 75, (laughs) 80 years later. 
I don't really think we need to do it anymore. And I know the one thing people like to say is it's kind of a bummer when kids go to school in the morning and it's pitch black. But I mean, my gosh, it's pitch black when they get out of school now. <laughs> they don't see the light. <laughs> 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 they're inside all day they're stuck inside all day they can't see the light except for going out during recess do, do kids still do recess even yeah they do i'm a i'm a <laughs> recess supervisor now and uh, oh there we go yeah we had the, the fourth grade boys they can get a little uh competitive when they play football one of them uh just tackled one of the other boys the other day when we were playing oh, touch football Jeez, gotta watch out for that <laughs> <laughs> but here's my solution okay there's there's some people that love daylight savings because they like getting an extra hour of sleep. And I mean, extra hour of sleep, always good. But, you know, realistically, it's Sunday. Churches and I guess maybe some stores or whatever, really the only places that are impacted by that extra hour of sleep. A lot of people are going to sleep or whatever. So my resolution, regardless, I guess, why don't we just have a day in November where we just say like, all right, everyone, churches, everyone, businesses, open an hour later. And <laughs> people can have their extra hour of sleep. And it doesn't hurt us in the long run. And then when you get to March, people don't have to complain about losing an hour of sleep. Right. So like a sleep in day, like a national sleep in day. <laughs> and it's a weekend, so it could work. Right. I, that's... It's not a bad idea. I'll have to think about that one a little bit, but I do like where you're going with that. And I know so. some churches on um, when we get to when we go an hour forward in March, some churches start church an hour later, like at what would normally be the regular church time. But since it's daylight savings, mm -hmm. so what ends up happening is they uh, people don't have to lose sleep and they get better attendance. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, it only benefits really one weekend. Like <laughs> if for everyone saying we get we get to sleep in, you know, I I did notice this morning I, I felt maybe a little more awake during the morning just because 10 o'clock was really 11 <laughs> o'clock from what my body was used to. And right around 11, I was getting hungry for lunch. So <laughs> I don't know. I guess there's there's pros and cons to both sides, but um, it's not a bad idea. Kind of what you're proposing. I guess the best thing is it is a chance to reset your sleep schedule where you could start going to bed an hour earlier um, and right. then you get up an hour earlier. So you have a better sleep pattern. That's that's yeah. the best thing that comes out of daylight savings. For sure. The good part of in all of this, <laughs> college basketball is back. We tip yes. off tomorrow night. Two huge games. Are both games... Is this still in Chicago? I feel like this is always in Chicago, Evan. Yeah, they, no, they got it in Madison Square Garden. Oh. So I want to say they did the UC last year, but I think the UC's got a couple other tournaments in uh, in December. I know I think they've got the the big one right around uh, Christmas just before. So, but yeah, this one's going to be an MSG tomorrow night. Do we have a name for this officially? It's the State Farm Champions Classic. So of State course you got you got to have the ad on there. But yeah, <laughs> State Farm Champions Classic. <laughs> yeah, the State Farm, that just, I don't know. I mean, the ad's probably going to change every couple of years, so it makes yeah. it a little difficult to uh, remember the name for that. But I just know it as Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State. Don't you know who's it. playing who each year, but it's always those four teams. 
You got it. Yep. And it's uh, it just so happens that these four are the favorites to land in the final four right now. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so so cool. And before we get into that, do you think there what school do you think is the number one school that feels left out from this? From not being a being able to be a part of this rich tradition every year now. I mean, I'd say like a, a school like North Carolina, maybe, you know, yeah, I mean, they're Villanova, usually, maybe. yeah, Nova's gotten that prestige now. Virginia's probably think they, they think that they should have a shot. I'd say even Mark Few and Gonzaga probably would say, Hey, we're, we're here now. We're a perennial top 10 team every year. We should be throwing in this, but yeah, it, you know, it's probably those four. I know Indiana used to be part <laughs> of this. They were in there at some point, um, a couple yeah. of years back. So but uh, they've kind of fallen aside. I was just going to make years. a joke about India. We should have like a, we should create a classic for the schools that used to be like the power programs. So like <laughs> we could have Indiana, UConn. UCLA. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just throw all those teams up there, you know? All Who could schools. be our fourth? Oh, man. Uh, gosh. Do you want to throw like a Cinderella up there, like Wichita State? <laughs> uh, I mean, Just for a few years, <laughs> Wichita State can come back. I, we can't write them off yet. That's true. Maybe like LSU. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, they're they're still a little relevant. Um, yeah, they're but, ranked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rightfully so. But yeah, they're not uh they're not like how they were, you know, during the Shack days and even into the two thousands. There. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to a better fourth team as we think about it throughout this episode so evan has been so kind to come on this podcast he's our college basketball correspondent i'm giving him that <laughs> official title and oh, bracketologist too <laughs> hey i'd like to say so but <laughs> we'll leave that up to uh, everyone else's interpretation so not always right on everything but evan has been creating and projecting brackets for several years now how long have you been doing that so i started my i really started junior year of college so this is my fourth fourth year yeah fourth season i guess really uh you know keeping a spreadsheet and kind of keeping tabs on every night and and moving guys up and down and looking at strength of schedule and all that fun stuff all right so let's get started here evan with these First four in. I'm going to call them the first four in because of the first four playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's fair. And they, won't be, they won't be in Dayton. They won't be in the, the first four in in Dayton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really cool. We So we get number one, Michigan State, versus number two, Kentucky. And then number three, uh, Kansas. And then number f- versus number four, Duke. Um, and what I love about college basketball, Evan, is – you can never get this to kick off the season in college football. In college football, there's no incentive to play non-conference games. They're tough. There really yeah. isn't. No, there isn't. Not not initially. I mean, you don't want yeah. that on your resume. So. Yeah. And so in college basketball, they can entertain us with this great kickoff. And if you lose, you lick your wounds and you move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's the perfect amount of games. We've talked about it before, but college, you typically play right around 30, 32 games a season um, when it comes that way, it all shakes out. So, yeah, I mean, you've got enough games where you can, I mean, you never want to lose, but you can afford a loss early and bounce back on like college, where, college football where it's very tough to do so. All right, Evan, 
I'm going to give you a good question here to get us moving uh, on this. Of these four teams, how would you rank them? Do you agree with how the AP and the coaches have them at? Yeah, I feel like for once, I agree with them completely. I got the four locked in exactly how they are. (laughs) Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, in that exact order. All right, so why don't you start, uh, go ahead and just start telling us about these teams. Yeah, so I, you know, coming into this year, um, Michigan State, I just feel like is, is, they, they have the most direct path to win it all in Atlanta, um, come April. And I think with the return of Cassius Winston, who is arguably the best player in college basketball, you've still got Tom Izzo on the sideline. Um, they returned three out of five starters this year, actually. Michigan State is just primed for a huge year. Um, you know, they knocked off Duke to get to the final four last year, then lost to, uh, the runner up Texas Tech. So I really think, you know, with Cassius Winston, you got Tom Izzo, you've still got guys like Xavier Tillman, Aaron Henry. Uh, this team is going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're going to be, um, competing every night against, against some of the best teams. And, um, I, I am very excited though to see how they stack up against Kentucky tomorrow night because <laughs> Kentucky's no joke either. So. <laughs> what's the deal with Kentucky this year how many uh they have a bunch of top recruits yeah so Kentucky's got a few big recruits coming in um Tyrese Maxey leads the way along with Khalil Whitney uh Maxey's really the guy to keep an eye on I feel like he's not really going to be their their ball handling point guard that will go to Ashton Hagens who I can I'll touch on in a second but Maxey's really like a combo guard um a little undersized but Think kind of like a CJ McCollum type player, I'd say. Um, someone like that who, you know, can, can spread the floor, shoot the ball well. Um, but, you know, doesn't really handle it the best. He can if he needs to. Um, whereas you've got Ashton Hagens who, you know, <laughs> really came on last year, um, is, is wise beyond his years, only a sophomore, but, um, led the team really well last year with, with the class that they had. And, um, you know, he's going to be right up there as, one of the top five guards and top five um, on-court leaders that we'll see in the country. So this is going to be a big one, Michigan State and Kentucky, and I'm sure we're going to have some overreactions right away because I remember when Duke last year, did they blow out Kentucky or Kansas? I can't remember. It was, uh, shoot. (laughs) I think it was Kentucky. Yeah, I want to say it was Kentucky. I mean, they just smoked. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, They just smoked Kentucky and... Yeah, I pulled it up 118 to 84. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like everywhere. Okay, is this going to be the greatest team of all time? Uh, uh, is Zion going to be the greatest freshman ever? Um, just, you know, so many overreactions. Like, is this team ever going to lose? And, I mean, they put to Duke's credit, they gave us that impression for a reason. Like, <laughs> you know, there these were... You know, people may have gone a little extreme with some of these takes, but they were looking scary good. So I'm expecting who who knows, maybe maybe not whooping in that sort of capacity. But if someone makes a statement win, we're going to hear about it on Wednesday morning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They'll be talking greatest team again. You know, you'll hear it. (laughs) Uh, let's talk about the second matchup, Kansas and Duke. What are you looking at with these teams, Evan? Yeah, so this is the one that gets us started right around 7 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. Um, and like I said, I got Kansas in as three, but, I mean, these teams are so close anyway. Um, 
I do like what Kansas is bringing back this year. You know, the the the, the whole try with Dedrick Lawson last year with Gerald Vick didn't go quite as planned, I feel like. But um, this year, you know, they bring back um, Devin Dotson, who's a very nice guard. Um, Oche Ogbaji, who came on last year, is a very good player. And he was nearly about to sit the year out and just redshirt. But um, Coach Self really pulled him in and, and made him a part of the roster last year. So those two guys will be the backcourt back court duo to watch. Um, they also bring in a very good transfer from Iowa in Isaiah Moss, who's going to be a senior guard. So those three will kind of rotate there. And then up front, you'll have um, Azubuki, who was injured most of last year. Um, but he'll be back this year. He'll be a force. And Silvio, Silvio De Sosa, who was suspended most of last year, is also back. So I really do like what um, what Kansas returns this year in terms of depth and um, overall guard play. So they're going to be a fun team to watch. On the other side, though, you've got Duke, who brings in a very impressive freshman class. Um, <laughs> what's new there? You know, they always... They <laughs> well, always... <laughs> it's so weird, Evan, because what, like eight years ago, would you have ever expected this to be the direction that Duke would go in with Coach no. K? That's the thing. No, you would have never thought it. Like they, <laughs> they were always the team that would hold on to guys for the longest time. You know, you'd have JJ Reddick sticking around there forever, and guys yeah, like Greg Paulus. Yeah, exactly. You had guys that were just sticking around there forever. It seemed like, and they'd never leave. And all of a sudden, you know, Coach K has kind of passed up Coach uh, Coach Cal in terms of recruiting, or he's at least right there with them. Um, and so, yeah, he's got a very good recruiting class this year. A lot of top players, um, you know, you can argue that they've got the number one recruiting class, but Vernon Carey's the guy that really leads them this year. He's a big guy, big guy up front. That's got some very nice moves on the block. Um, you know, they bring in Cassius Stanley, who's a very electric, uh, wing player off the side there. And then they do bring back Trey Jones, who I'm excited to see just how far he matures this year. A lot of a lot of their success is going to ride on Trey Jones, and just um, you know if he's able to step into a role, kind of like his older brother Tyus did, yeah, um, and really lead this team. You know, he did a good job last year with with playing point guard with three dominant guys in Barrett, Williamson, and Reddish. But um, this year is going to be a big year for him. He's going to have to account for a number of the team's points. Um, but yeah, I like think I said, developing a better jump shot from behind the arc, right? Because exactly. last yep. year, no one respected that three-pointer from Duke, especially from him. You saw like right. UCF, some of those teams that played him real close where they were just daring him to shoot it, and he was pulling up and he was missing. So I would think that that could be... That could end up being a big time key to their success this season is if he's able to develop that three point shot much better this year. You you nailed the yeah, you nailed it right on the head. You're exactly right with that. So he's gonna that's gonna be his biggest area of improvement. You know, he sees the floor while he's scrappy in terms of um, making steals, but um, you know, that's gonna be the biggest thing. And then, you know, like I said, they got carry down on the block. They add in this guy Matt Hurt, um, number twelve, like top, basically top fifteen recruit wherever you look. Um, he can step out and, and shoot and also play down low. So it's going to be an interesting year, um, you know, with with four young guys that are probably going to all take four starting roles alongside Trey Jones. Um, it's a lot of it is going to hinge on him and and just how far he can take this team. Yeah. Be interesting to watch. Do you have a pick for these games tomorrow night, Evan? Oh man, 
I don't know. I'm just excited. I, I'd say in the first game, Kansas versus Duke. Um, initially, I like Kansas to start the year off well. I think Duke, it could take them a little bit of time to really get going with the young guys. Like I said, Kansas has a lot of guys returning. Um, Isaiah Moss coming over, who has played in big game situations with Iowa. In that second game, um, that's really going to be a toss-up. But I like Michigan State this year just to – to really step out um, and, and dominate. If there's going to be a dominant team in college basketball, it'll be Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State, by the way, I'm going to give you a little breakdown of the AP Top 25 poll. They received 60 of 65 first place votes. Wow. Kentucky <laughs> got two, Kansas got three. And then in the coaches poll, which is really interesting that the AP Top 5 actually... What is it? AP top six. It's the exact same in the coaches poll. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State got 30 of 32 votes in the coaches poll, and Kansas and Duke each got one. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I like I said, I think that they're head and shoulders above the rest of the competition this year, but, um, you know, anything can happen. And uh, one thing I did feel to mention, Josh Lanford, who – I don't know if you if you're familiar with him. He's usually the off ball guard. Um, he was out last year with an ankle injury, injured right around conference play. He's out again this year indefinitely. So it sounds like he's got some uh, some more problems than just trying to get back on the basketball court with that injury. So hopefully he's able to get back out there. But I think even regardless, without him, um, like I said, Winston Izzo, he just can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> He's not the guy that got that had that injury in the Big Ten championship game, was it? Uh, no, I don't. I'm trying to think, can't remember what, who that was. Someone got yeah. hurt pretty badly. Yeah, no, this was earlier in the season. This was like mid December, I want to say, late December, right around the start of conference play last year. So, who do we think is that one coach that voted for Duke? <laughs> coach k <laughs> can you vote for your own school <laughs> no it might be cal i mean he missed out on a lot of those big recruits so maybe he thinks that, uh, those are that's gonna be the, the best team <laughs> or uh johnny dawkins maybe it could be johnny Daw- yeah exactly yep <laughs> or uh chris collins or you know one of the former players exactly yeah <laughs> all right so We got those first four out of the way. All right, here's my next question for you, Evan. Which conference do you think is going to be the best power conference? Or just, I mean, I guess any conference. Man. Uh, The deepest, strongest conference. Because last year it was really interesting because I think there were a few that you really could have looked at. Obviously, the uh, ACC. But, I mean, the Big Ten played very well in tournament play. And the SEC was much deeper than it had been in recent years. Mm-hmm. No, they sure did. Um, I'm actually going to go two ways with this. So I think in terms of depth, um, I think you're looking at like the Big East this year, actually. I think there's possibly eight teams that the Big East could put into the tournament this year. I know their coaches poll, I think spots three through seven were only separated by three votes. It wow. was like, it was very close. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of competitive teams in the big East. Um, I still think ACC just, you know, in terms of what you've got at the top is, is the best conference in college basketball. Um, if there's one conference that would put in multiple teams in the final four, I believe it's the ACC. So um you know, I'm, I'm high on them. But, you know, like you said, the Big Ten is always in the, in the conversation there. 
Um, Pac-12 will be actually very interesting this year. I think they're going to bounce back from a pretty bad season last year. And then you got the SEC as well. And the SEC is, uh, has really solidified themselves as more than just a football conference. And um, they've got some pretty good basketball schools. Yeah, definitely. So not, not too high on the Big 12 this year? Honestly, no, I'm really not too high on the Big 12. Um, I, I know you've still got Kansas, um, you've still got Texas Tech, who was runner-up last year, but I don't know, I just, I, I guess I'm not entirely high on them. Maybe it's because I've been wrong on the Big 12 so much in the past, where I've been putting in teams like TCU and Texas, and I'm just frustrated every year that those teams aren't getting in with a record, you know, their record's usually like 19 and 14, but they've got big wins against um, you know, non-conference opponents. So maybe that's just part of it for me. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess I'd, I'd put them, you know, probably fourth or fifth if you're looking at like the power five conferences. Let's talk about this Big Ten for a little bit. How about that? Oh, that's fine with me, yeah. Illinois got votes this year. Or they got, let's see, 14 votes from by the AP for top 25. It's been a long time, it seems, since <laughs> Illinois was like that. But, hey, we just saw their football team beat the Badgers. They did, yeah. and uh, yeah. Maybe things are starting to turn around here in Champaign. This is the most excitement that Champaign has had, like you said, in over 10 years, I'd say. Um, <laughs> and mark my words, it will be a very exciting season for the Fighting Illini this year with basketball. Wow. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, uh I've got them maybe a little higher than than some people think, um, but I, I do like a lot of what they return this year, um, and just kind of where they're at as a program. What do you, What do you like? I've got them slotted in as number eight in uh, in my preseason bracketology, just kind of where they fell. But um, one guy that I'm a huge fan of, I think he's going to be you know my new favorite player. <laughs> last year was I, I seem to fall in love with these fast point guards that just push <laughs> the ball up the floor. You know, last year was John ja Morant, the year before it was Dennis Smith, but this year the guy to know is Ayo Desunmu, and he's going to be a big time force that could be a late lottery pick next year. Mark, Whoa. I'm telling you, he's he's going to be a good player. <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> he's lightning quick. He's got a very good first step. Um, he could he could improve his jumper a little bit, but other than that, he's a sophomore that, that brings back um, you know some very good um, leadership qualities from last season. And then they've got the big boy up front uh, from Georgia, Georgia, the country Georgia over there in the, <laughs> I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's Europe, um, Giorgio. Uh, let's let's see if I can say this right, <laughs> the Zanishvili. I think I did that. <laughs> that sounded pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, those two combined are going to be a ton of fun next year uh, or this season to watch. And, uh, yeah, I do like what Illinois brings this year. Purdue is also ranked this year. Uh, they've yeah. got a lot of guys coming back, right? Carson Edwards no longer there, but uh, they still got Matt Harms. Um, they still. I'm trying to think who else they have. Yeah, Matt Harms is back. No Gel Eastern is back. Yeah. Uh, so they got those two guys. Harms is going to have a big year this year. Um, yeah, I like his game. Yeah, yeah. If he wants it, um, he he can have a big year. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where Purdue slots in. I know they bring back Evan Boudreau, who um, is actually a like Forest kid, um, oh. but he transferred in from gosh, where was it? Dartmouth. That's where it was. Evan Boudreau transferred in from Dartmouth, where he was a 17 point game scorer, nine rebounds. I know it's Dartmouth, but he hey, really Dartmouth, get... respect the big green. That's a power no, program right. right there. You're right. It Nivy is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. 
he didn't get a ton of run last year with uh with Purdue but I think he'll have a little bit more uh opportunity this year to play well um so yeah it'll be interesting to see where he's at with things um but yeah like you said Harms is going to be the the big force down low I like Harms I think he's I think he has a, a lot of potential like you said he could have a big year this Purdue team, man, last year they exceeded expectations. After Isaac Haas graduated, uh, they exceeded expectations last year, and things did not end well in the Elite Eight in that game against Virginia. I could not believe they ended up losing that game. That was one of the weirdest plays I've seen in the tournament in recent yeah. years. Yeah, that was bizarre. That was a, that was a strange ending there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange sequence. but Yes. I would think with the guys they have left, they're going to be a little hungry. I mean, well, they're going to be very hungry. We'll see what they got. Uh, but I would I would expect them to be Purdue once again making the tournament. Yeah, and Jack, would you say Matt Harms has the best hair in college basketball? <laughs> well, he sure loves uh, fixing it. And oh, man. If I had that hair, I would not blame him. I'd want to look that good all the time. I wonder if there's Vegas <laughs> odding bets for the number of times that he uh, <laughs> bets that he's uh, that he's put, fixing his hair during a game. I'd, I'd yeah, like to for see a conference there's... game. That'd be yeah. like first conference game, how many hair flips, how many uh, hair fixes. Yeah, over uh, under 18 and a half. <laughs> ooh, I would go over probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to count that one of these games. I'll watch a whole Purdue game just for you and see how many times he does it. <laughs> I love it. Ohio State is ranked 18th, and I believe Chris Holtman's is this his third year already? This is, let's see here. Sounds right. Um, Feels like he just got there. Yeah, I know. I mean, he just he just came over from Butler a few years ago. I, I mean, I don't know. I, so let's see. Uh, yeah, third year. You were right. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's really uh, brought in a huge class this year, and. You know, being from Columbus, Ohio, I'm hearing all about it this year. It's uh, <laughs> they're really talking it up, and I'm actually kind of drinking the voodoo juice, I guess, if you want to call it <laughs> that, because uh, I I do like what I see from Ohio State. I've actually got them inside my top ten, um, right at number ten wow. preseason rankings. Yeah, but um, another guy that I'm thinking I might fall in love with, DJ Carton, is their big time point guard that they're bringing in. And um, he's about as electric as it will come. You'll see him on top 10 um, a couple times this season at least. So he's, uh, he'll throw down some crazy dunks. And then you still got the Wesson brothers up front. Caleb Wesson might be uh, the, you know, the best big man in the game this year. He's going to push Cassius Winston a little bit, I think, for Big Ten Player of the Year this year as well. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a big force. And then you've got guys like, um, Eli or EJ Liddell coming over from St. Louis. He's another big recruit. Um, you've got, you know, Luther Muhammad coming back. You still got guys like Kyle Young. Um, Alonzo Gaffney is another big recruit. So this team has about seven or eight legit players that um, I think could really push Ohio State to be that number two team in the Big Ten. Very interesting. Uh, what about Michigan? Michigan is, they got two votes. So for to get ranked and last year, it seems like we keep writing them off and they just keep coming back, coming back (laughs) after Mo Wagner went to the NBA. We thought, what Michigan? eh, I don't know. We were so underwhelmed with Michigan when he was there. 
Um, and they still, last year, they had a great season. But John Beeline is now the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. What do you expect from Michigan this year? He is. Yeah, I've, um, I was one of them who wrote them off that year that you're talking about with Wagner where they went on to the Final Four, and uh, I was wrong. I think I had him like 34 in my preseason poll, <laughs> my preseason <laughs> rankings. And uh, But this year I, I am writing them off a little bit. I don't know if they'll be nearly as competitive as they have been in the past couple of years. It's going to take Juwan Howard, who's their head coach now, a couple of years to really get his guys in there and um, get, get his whole – coaching philosophy situated with um with how they do things but you mentioned wagner they've actually got his younger brother franz coming in oh, so, yeah. does he have another brother named hans <laughs> can we get hans and franz on the oh, michigan man <laughs> wagner <laughs> wouldn't that be something <laughs> oh my goodness that's amazing yeah. so you already know franz wagner i mean just with the name and, and with how much his brother mo was loved that's he's going to be a fan favorite there regardless so. is he a freshman he is yep so oh, uh this is yeah. gonna be a fun four years yes it will yeah yeah <laughs> unless he really takes off and uh he pulls a you know iggy brusdictus and uh yeah goes, Yay, so <laughs> but uh but yeah and you know this is gonna be a fun team it will be a little different obviously losing Iggy and uh Jordan Poole and some of those guys but they still do have Xavier Simpson who is uh finally a senior it seems like he's been there for a while but, yeah. um you know you want to talk about floor generals I, you know, I mentioned guys like Winston and uh you know a couple other like Trey Jones but Xavier Simpson is as good as they come in terms of commanding the court um, really finding his guys where they are. He's not a good shooter. He relies on that awkward um, heave from the hip when he's driving in the lane. I don't know if you've ever seen that hook shot jack. It's a yeah. weird one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he does what he needs to do. He, uh, I know he had a crazy triple-double last year where he had, you know, 10 points with 15 assists and 12 boards or something. And, um, you know, he kind of does it all. But, yeah, it'll be, an, it'll be a, a step back this year, I think, for Michigan. Um, but then again, I've doubted them in the past, and they've, they've proved me wrong. So. And the second highest ranked Big Ten team, a team that I always forget is in the Big Ten, the Maryland Terrapins ranked Ooh. at number seven. You like their squad? Yeah, yes. Maryland is sneaky good this year. Um, the one thing that stinks for Maryland is they lost their big boy, Bruno Fernando. Um but boy, are they're going to be a ton of fun to watch this year. Um, another great point guard in Anthony Cowan Jr. is still there. Um, and then they've got guys like Jalen Smith, who flirted with going in the NBA last year. He'll go this year, uh, most likely, and, and be like a late lottery, end of the first round type of pick. And then they've got guys like Daryl Morsell, Aaron Wiggins, who I'm, I really like Aaron Wiggins. He came off the bench last year. I believe he was the sixth man of the year for the Big Ten, or um, if not, you know, if they don't have an award like that, he should have been because um, he can shoot the lights out. But, yeah, between Cowan, Smith, and Wiggins, this team is right up there. Um, it's them and Ohio State, honestly, fighting for, like, number two in the Big Ten. I just think back to – that Maryland team that beat Valpo the last time Valpo was in the tournament. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they had Mellow Trimble and Diamond mm-hmm. Stone, two guys who left early for the NBA. And quite frankly, Evan, I don't know if either is on an NBA roster anymore. <laughs> I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> Probably uh, in the G League or playing somewhere over in uh, Switzerland. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe those guys left so early. And Diamond Stone was like a first-round pick too. 
Yeah, Stone was like a top 10 recruit, I think, coming out yeah. of high school out of, uh, I can't remember the school, but somewhere, somewhere in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he was a, a big talent. Trimbo, Trimbo, if you ask me, he should have come back for one more season. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was, that was a fun team. Yeah. Didn't ever really go that deep, but they were very talented. No, yeah, and this is going to be the year where we really see, you know, there's there's these guys that are kind of middle-of-the-tier coaches, if you ask me. Mark Turgeon's one of those who has been there for a little bit, and he's, he's got an impressive college record, but hasn't really done a ton of it, ton with it, you know, come tournament play. And I feel like Beeline was kind of like that for a while, but this is going to be the year where Turgeon can really step it up and say, all right, this is a legit program. They have a big run this year. They could get some big-time recruits in there. Um, this could be a huge season for Maryland as a program. Yeah, it could be. I'll give you another name of coaches like that. You ready for one? Yeah. Mick Cronin. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's a very good one. Yeah, we'll, we'll move over to a couple other conferences in a little bit. Um, probably won't go as in-depth on another conference, because Big Ten is just so relevant to the area we live in and our fan base. So we got to go a little deeper on these teams. But I guess the last couple teams I want to ask you about, Evan, Archie Miller's third year in Bloomington. You see the Hoosiers improving. Are they are they going to turn the corner and get back to playing basketball in March soon? Yeah, I, I don't see it this year. I actually don't have them. Um up there like making the tournament so but this is a this is a big year like you said for Archie Miller he's got to be feeling a little bit of the pressure this year um you know it's like all right we moved on from Tom Crean now we got Archie Miller coming in and this is supposed to be the guy that turns it around but you know he had Romeo Laneford last year he had Jawan Morgan a couple big time players and he didn't really do a ton with them so um I'm not sure I don't see them really having that big of a year now they do have a guy back that i do like um justin smith who went to stevenson high school was actually teammates with jalen brunson um he was he was a young guy he's two years younger than that whole class but yeah he was on the team with brunson and cashaw that went to uh the state the state tournament so um i do like smith this could be a huge huge year for him to really step up they still have guys like rap finnessy there who showed uh some flashes last year as a freshman guard so, you know, this this will be an interesting team, but like you like I said, I don't know if they're going to be you know, I like I'd rather have a team like Illinois. I think I'm a little higher on them, Michigan, Purdue, like you mentioned, some of those schools. Yeah, and you know, it must be a little difficult if you are in the Indiana University Athletic Department and you're just watching what Chris Holtman is doing with the Buckeyes and the fact that that guy was just in the state of Indiana at Butler, just like, you know, an hour and a half down the road that just, it must be a little frustrating to see what he's doing with another big 10 program. Yeah. I mean, you got him, you got Matt Painter and with Purdue, they're not that far away. You even got yeah. Laval Jordan and Butler and he's, uh, you know, they, they've, I think Butler's going to have a bounce back year this year. So I don't know, you know, it's uh it's got to be a little frustrating if you're in the athletic department, like you said, or a booster for, for Indiana. Well, Painter's been there a long time. I was just mainly True. thinking because Holtman came over the same time that Archie Miller did. Um, mm-hmm. And he was just so easily, I would think that it wouldn't be too hard to get him to come 
just, you know, move the family an hour and a half south to Bloomington from Indy. Right. Yeah, that no, that's a good point. I know he was uh he was a hot coach on the market there a couple of seasons back. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about you're high on the ACC. Mhm. You like Louisville too? They're top, they're number 5. I do like Louisville. Yeah, maybe not as much as 5, but I do like them this year. Um, you know, they there were a couple games last year that were just frustrating to watch. They blew a couple big ones. I think they had, what was that game against Duke last year when someone was just pressing the crap out of them and they they turned it over. <laughs> maybe it was Virginia, I can't remember. But they had one game last year where it was just awful execution down the stretch. Um, but they're you know they're learning things. They got Chris Mack in second year now. Um, you know they've got guys back like Jordan Nora who might be you know the best player in the ACC this year or one of them. So I, I do like what Louisville has um, this season. And in the ACC, you know, a couple other teams took a couple steps back. They're going to take a step forward. They're going to be right up there in the mix. Who's taking a step back? Virginia? So, yeah, Virginia will take a slight step back. You know, they're still going to be good. As long as they have, uh, as long as they have Coach Bennett, they're going to be a, a, top te- a tough team. They are glad that Diakite came back. That's a huge uh, get back for them. But, you know, obviously they're going to miss DeAndre Hunter, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, some of those big-time players that left for the draft. Um but, you know, Diakite should be in for a big year. Another team that will take a step back is Florida State this year. Um, they were another team that had – they were so heavy with seniors last year. I want to say they had, like, gosh, eight seniors maybe on their roster. Um, they're going to take a step back this year as well. You know, as long as they have um, Leonard Hamilton, they're going to be they're going to be up there and relevant. But um, they're going to miss guys like Terrence Mann. Uh, Chris Comaggi, Cobb Galley, you know, some of those big-time guys that they had last year. Yeah, and back when they were freshmen, they played at Valpo. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's right, they were there. Yeah, lost to the Crusaders in the NIT. Yeah, forgot about that. It was hosted <laughs> there, right? That's because the NIT yeah. has the hosts, yeah. Yeah, Valpo was a one seed in the NIT. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Hopefully Valpo can get back to that status soon. Get back to the tournament. We'll see. I went to a preseason game. Uh, squad looks pretty good. We'll see. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know time will. It will take some time. Like you, like we had talked about, just into that new conference. But um, you know they're they're going to be all right. So yeah, in Matt Lodick's fourth year now, and really has a, an entirely new group now at this point because. Well, I guess I could say with Derek Smith's now transferring to Butler, um, there's no one left from the Bryce era. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Loddick's got his crew in there. You know, you usually say with some of those smaller schools that it takes three or four years so you can get your guys in there as freshmen. Now his guys that he recruited as freshmen are seniors. So, um, yeah, like you said, a whole new squad. All right. Uh, took us on a little tangent here. Tell me about the other teams you like in the ACC. Let's try to move through these other conferences a little quicker. A little quicker, yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, you know, really besides, like, we talked about Florida State already, but I do like Pittsburgh this year. Um, you know, they bring back a couple big-time players in Trey McGowan and Xavier Johnson. Um, so they're going to be a fun team. Both those guys actually played very well last year as freshmen, and I know we've seen this before with Pitt having a couple dynamic guys that put up points and then the team doesn't really do anything. But I do like what Pitt has this year. 
Um, Syracuse will be a fun team to watch this year as well. They're losing some big time players, but you know they've got guys like Elijah Hughes coming back. He's in for a big year. Uh, coach's son Buddy Bayheim is there. He should he should have some big play. And then guys like Jalen Carey last year who just kind of got buried on the bench. You know Bayheim kind of does that with his younger guys, but Carey should be a, in for a big year. We've seen that out of other guys. You know with Syracuse, like I don't know if you remember Michael Carter Williams. His big year was as a sophomore. Um, yeah. There's been a few other guys that have really stepped out as a, like a sophomore. So could be Carey's big year. He was a, he was a big time recruit coming out of high school. Um, athletic. Johnny Flynn, I think, was a sophomore when I he believe went off. He yeah, I believe Flynn was too. So, um, so yeah. But other than that, like I said, it's not it's not super deep. At least I don't view it as that. You know, there could be some teams that step up in there. NC State is going to be back um, with Markel Johnson, some of those guys. But yeah, I. You know, I, I do like how top heavy it is this year. And like I said, if there's a conference to put three, four teams into the Elite Eight and two into the Final Four, this is the one. Interesting. About the SEC, last year, Tennessee peaked up. I think they were number one in the country last year for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and I think they made it to, did they go to Sweet 16? Or they're out in the round of 32. They made it, let's see. They made it to the Sweet 16. I know that for sure because I... I went yeah. to that game. I saw them beat Iowa. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a good game. It was in. Yeah, it was a great game. Iowa came back and then went to OT. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think who they got bounced by. Um, it might have been Purdue. Oh no, yeah, yeah, Purdue beat them. Okay. And didn't LSU? LSU got to Sweet 16 as well. Yeah, LSU was a three seed, and they beat. Um, Let's see. They beat Maryland to get theirs, three six, and then uh, they ran into a really good team. Who was that in the Sweet Sixteen? Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan. That's what it was. Michigan State. They're in that top left bracket, so they would have had to play Duke. <laughs> and I think I actually had that Duke LSU, and I missed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you are you still liking LSU? Or are you still liking Tennessee? What those teams have to offer this year? Yeah. Uh, not as much as last year. And I was never super high on Tennessee last year coming into the year. Um, they were another team that kind of exceeded expectations with Admiral Schofield and, um, you know, Grant Williams, but, um, like LSU, you know, they lose some of their best players. They, they still do bring back Skylar Mays, who I'm not sure if you remember, he's a big time shooter, um, at the guard spot. Um, they bring back Javante Smart, who's another guy. He was suspended for a little bit last year. Not sure if you remember a ton of him, but he's another really fun player. And then Tennessee, as far as what Tennessee brings back, um, Lamonte Turner is like their only starter that comes back. They've got Jordan Bowden as well, so a couple big-time guards. But um, other than that, you know, I think both those teams will take a step back. They'll make way for a couple other teams that are going to step up this year in the SEC. Um, who are those teams? Yeah, so I think the big team this year is going to be Florida. Um, I think the AP's got them at number six this year. I, yeah. like, I like them right around there, maybe even higher. If there's a team that could jump into that top four, it could be Florida just because of um, playing in the SEC. They could be that second school to jump in there. Um, not sure if, if you knew Kerry Blackshear transferred down there, actually. So he was a big-time player at Virginia Tech, and then Buzz Williams left. Um, to take a job at Texas A&M, and Kerry Blackshear was a late transfer down for Mike White's squad in Florida. Um, so they've got him coming in, which is huge. And then they've got Andrew Nemhard, another guy who is projected to take a huge step this year. 
um, kind of like a combo guard, more of a point guard, I'd say. But they've got them. And then as, um, as well, they have Scotty Lewis coming in, who's probably top 10, top 15, like I said, depending on where you look, recruit this year. Um, go look up his highlights from the McDonald's All-Star Dunk Contest. He, he threw down some crazy dunks. Dude's arms go down to his knees. I mean, he's just super lengthy and uh, should be a lot of fun to watch this year in terms of, um, you know, attacking from the wing, making big stops on, on smaller guards, um, that sort of thing. And last year, Auburn made a nice deep run there with former Tennessee head coach Bruce Pearl. Yes. They're ranked 24. Yes. And they're they're going to be sneaky again this year. Now, they don't return everyone, but um, Bruce Pearl has quietly, I guess not quietly anymore, but up until last year, quietly brought that program uh, back for basketball, back to the Charles Barkley days, you know, yeah. being a, a tough team down there. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll bring back a number of good players. Javon McCormick is back. Um, big man Austin Wiley in the middle. They do lose, you know, Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, who were super fun to watch last year, especially Harper. That dude was so quick. Um, but, you know, Auburn will be a good team again this year. I do like them a little bit more than Tennessee and LSU this year. Um, they're not up there with Kentucky and Florida yet. But if, you know, if everything clicks this year, Bruce Pearl gets those guys playing again, they could be up there. And in the Big East, a conference that you're very high on this year. You said you could see potentially eight teams from that conference in March Madness. And I think, do you think Big East will get that much respect? I mean, I I think Big East actually, well, I guess I will say, I think Big East gets the respect from the AP, gets the respect from the coaches, gets the respect from the people Mm -hmm. who are hardcore in college basketball but from the casual viewer i feel like there's a a lot of people who haven't been as high on the big east since it since it changed it became a whole new conference right well and now what it is you know it's basically just a basketball conference i mean they're not very relevant football wise so that's why i think a lot of people they, they talk about the power five and really last year you could substitute the big east in there for pack for the pac 12 now you just have to say it's it's a power six almost with, with yeah. six legit conferences and throw the Big East in there. I think we've talked about that in past podcasts. And the American is yeah. very solid as well. The American is steadily growing. They yeah. want they want everyone to say power six. They they want to be the number six. But I don't know. If, <laughs> they could be seven. They could be seven. That's fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> they can fight it out. Yeah, they're, they're probably a solid number seven. But, but that is a very good basketball conference, too. The American is. Yes, it is. Um, and this year will be very exciting. There's, there's a lot of good teams there. But... Yeah, like you said, the Big East, um, I don't know, you know, I think it should get the, the respect it deserves this year. Um, you know, Seton Hall, I feel like, is the top team. People may say it's still Nova, Villanova, but I really like Seton Hall this year. They return practically everyone. Miles Powell is a huge get back for them. Um, dude averaged, let's see, it looks like just over 23 points a game last year. Um, he he's one of the most electrifying guards in, in college basketball. And then you've also got miles kale. So you got the two miles, um, in the backcourt <laughs> there. Uh, you've got Quincy McKnight, you've got big guys like Torian Thompson, who, um, you know, was a big recruit. So I do like what Seton Hall is where they're at. Um, they were a fun team last year. There's actually a huge game, 
huge non-conference game. Um, if you're going to circle one early on in the season, this is the one to circle. It's on November 14th. So we've just got a weekend until we get there, or I guess a <laughs> wow. week, a week from Thursday. Seton Hall, Michigan State. That could be a huge game for Seton Hall to really show the country, hey, we're up there as one of the top teams in the Big East. Um, Number 12 uh, in the gonna, country right now, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to say anything too early, but Seton Hall, you know, if there's a game that they could win and that could really um, be a huge win for their resume, that's the one right there against Michigan State. Yeah. And uh, you know what I like? I'm looking at something else here, and this is Big East related. Memphis is number 14. Georgetown got 11 votes, both coached by players from their program. Yep. Penny Hardaway and Patrick Ewing. Ewing making Georgetown relevant again? Oh, yeah. No, Georgetown's going to be a ton of fun this year, I think. Um, uh, Ewing has quietly done a lot to get them where they are. Mac McClun is um, a social media star, it seems like, already. A lot of people <laughs> seem to really like his game. Um, you know, they bring in a big guy. I don't know if you remember this name from NC State. O- um, Omer Yurtseven, um, big-time player. I believe he sat out last year. I'm not sure. But he comes from NC State, and he's he's a double-double guy. Um, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. They also return four of five starters and uh, Yurt Seven should take over that spot that Jesse Govan left last year, and Jesse Govan was their star. So I do like Georgetown to make the tournament this year. I just love watching those games, like even when they're losing, just to see Patrick Ewing's stoic <laughs> face as oh, he's yeah. coaching. Oh, yeah. Although I, I will say, you know, I do like that we get him on the broadcast, but I do miss the John Thompson the thirds, uh, you know, the towel over the shoulder. Yeah. And yeah. uh, you know, remember the original JT um, back in the '80s, you know, playing against, uh, coaching against Michael Jordan, and you know, he he'd have the towel over the shoulder too. So yeah. <laughs> I think Ewing's got to break that out for a game or two. Yeah, he should. And yeah, we I love it when Michael comes out and supports his boy too. Oh yeah, no, it's cool. It's it's cool to see those guys from that era um, support you know who they who they competed against. Yeah, and those guys are like besties too. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought it if you watched them play, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they go back a long time and Oakley too. It's kind of like their little crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oakley. Penny Hardaway though has Memphis. Yeah. So top Memphis fifteen for the first the, time and it seems like a long time. Yeah, so they're in the American Memphis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was transitioning over. So they're going to be, yeah, they're right up there in the American. Um, Penny's got <laughs> the number one recruit, believe it or not, this year in James Wiseman, who um, I've heard some comparisons to maybe like an Anthony Davis. Um, he's going to be a big time player this year. He's a seven foot guy that that Penny gets in there. They've also got um, maybe the coolest first name. I don't know if it's cool, but I think it's unique. Precious. Um, Precious <laughs> Ach- Achua. <laughs> um, he's going to be fun to watch for Memphis. So uh, they're going to be a really, really good team this year, I think. Um, you know, they, they could be, they might be a little overhyped just to start with a lot of the younger guys. But once Penny gets them all playing together, um, they're going to be a force definitely down the stretch. Yeah, and Cincinnati, I would think, is going to be tough as they always are, right? Yeah, I. For and what, Houston as well. Well, yeah, I, I, 
for whatever reason, I don't know why either of those teams is not in the top 25. Like Cincinnati, I know they've lost Mick Cronin to UCLA, but Cincinnati is going to be a nasty team this year with um, with Jerron Cumberland coming back. I mean, that he's he's a great player. They've got his brother coming in. I don't know if you remember his brother at Oakland. I think we talked a little bit about that, um, watching him play at Oakland. His cousin, I'm sorry, it's his cousin. Oh, his cousin. Yeah, yep. So, no, they're going to be a lot of fun, Cincinnati. And then, like you said, Houston. Um, Houston, it's, it's just amazing what uh, Kelvin Sampson has done for Houston's program and, and really turned that one around. And um, they've got a big-time transfer coming in that actually just gained eligibility in Quentin Grimes, who transferred out of Kansas to Houston. Um, they've got him coming in, so... Both those teams, I don't know why they're not on the top 25. I think they're both top 25 teams. Houston didn't even get votes. Really? Cincinnati got eight votes. Houston, oh no, Houston did get 11. I missed it. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I think both those teams are top 25 teams, especially in the American. I mean, they're going to get wins this year. That's what, that's what everyone's going to look at. It always comes down to this with Houston and Cincinnati every year. They get to the point in January and February where they're twenty and four, or yeah. they're you know they're eighteen and two, and then all of a sudden they come shooting up the power, the top twenty five, and it's like all right, you know, granted they play in the American, which isn't one of the strongest conferences, but still you get wins, you get wins against some pretty decent teams still, um, and they're going to be right up in the mix. Yeah, it, it seems like Houston, didn't they win like 28, 29 games last year? Yeah, I want to say they won. It was probably right around there. I mean, they were they were like a three seed headed into the tournament. They were one of the best teams going in. And then uh, Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati had a nice statement win on them in uh, the conference championship, which made me uh, foolish enough to put Cincinnati in my final four. <laughs> Yeah, well, and they played Iowa in that game that was actually here in Columbus in the first round, and they lost. They had the game in the bag, and they lost it at the end. (laughs) I Um, remember. It was was just a brutal collapse, but I I think that's part of the reason Cumberland came back, honestly, is that he's like, he doesn't want to end his college career like that. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I'd say, I don't know if I'd put them in the final four again. It's obviously way too early to tell, but um, if there's a team from the American Conference that you want to throw that far it might be Cincinnati just because of who they return. All right. And Big 12, which we we haven't really gone Big 12 or Pac-12. Pac we got to talk touch on those, and then we should give a little a bit of love to some of the smaller conference teams. Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in the Big 12, you know, we already touched on Kansas. Um, how about Texas Tech, though? I mean, they're... Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that just a few years ago, you know, Chris Beard was coaching, what was it, community college or <laughs> junior college? I mean, that guy was like a nobody for the longest time. He was at, uh, well, I guess he was at Little Rock. And then before that, he was at Angelo State. So <laughs> D2, you know, he's coaching D2. That's basketball. a school that like, I if you just told me like it was the school in a show, yeah. Like Angelo State, it's made up for a TV show. <laughs> right. I'd be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you just have no idea. But he's like, he's the ideal. You know, if you're a young coach that's you know a grad assistant right now, he's like the model right now of what you're trying to emulate. And um, he was D two back in 2015, so just a few years back. Then he went to Little Rock, 
and now he's at Texas Tech, and he's just turned that program into something else now. They're perennial. I mean, the past few years they've been at the top every year, um, you know, competing for a spot at as Big 12 champion. Uh, this year it will hurt a little bit. You know, they bring back Moretti as their guard. Um, he's only a junior somehow. I thought that guy was a lot older, but he, <laughs> he's back. Um, and then, you know, in typical Chris Beard fashion, he does have a big transfer coming in from Virginia Tech and Chris Clark, who um, rocks those dreads. I don't know if you remember seeing him play, but he's a very good defensive player. So, you know, they will take a step back this year. I don't expect them really making a run at the national championship. I didn't really expect them making a run last year at the national championship either, but they had a little bit more reason to to have that with guys like Jarrett Culver and Matt Mooney. Um, so Texas Tech will be a fun team to watch regardless this year. Um, they also bring in, um, I'm not, not sure how to say his first name, but uh, Jameis Ramsey, I believe. He's a he's a, their biggest recruit. I believe he's a four-star, right around top 30 recruit for them. So he gives them a reason to be excited moving forward. And then after that, I really feel like it kind of falls off. You know, there's a case to be made for Baylor. They've got a lot of guys returning. Texas has Matt Coleman, fun point guard returning for them. Oklahoma State, you know, they've got a bunch of guys. Lindy Waters is a lights out shooter for uh, Oklahoma State. But after that, I just really find it hard to find another team that can step up. There will be another team in the Big 12. I just don't know who it is, but I, I just can't see a team right now that could really make a case to um, you know, push Kansas and Texas Tech and even Baylor this year. Jamie Dixon's Horned Frogs? Yeah, I mean, they could be fun. They've got Desmond Bain coming back this year, who is a very good player. He actually might be one of the best in the Big 12. Um, yeah, a very I, underrated player. He is, yeah, very underrated player. He's a senior this year. Um, I just don't know, you know. They, I thought they should have been in last year, and like I said, it may just be me with how the committees rank teams in the past. But um, you know, like I thought TCU should have been in there. I think I had Texas in there last year, and I don't think either one of those teams made it. And maybe that's <laughs> I was why very I'm... pro Indiana last year too. Yes, and they... Indiana too. Yeah, I know. Just because had... I thought I'm like, okay, look, if you're Flipping a coin between Indiana and Texas, or yeah. uh, maybe I don't know, maybe like there's a better example. Or Colorado, or yeah, know, like yeah, exactly. St. And it's Aries. like, yeah. let's say everything's equal. It's the Indiana Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. Don't you want the Hoosiers in the tournament? Don't you want Romeo Langford, who ended up being a lottery pick, playing in the tournament? Isn't he the kind of guy that you'd like to see right. go up against a power program? In right. the second round, potentially. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I and it's I I have this constant conversation. I feel like with people where it's like, all right, do you put in the mid majors in those last few bubble spots? Do you put in the teams that have been in those tough conferences? You know, and it's just like, all right, there's the case to be made to put the mid majors in there because the question always comes down to, like you said, if you flipped and put Belmont in the Big Ten, and you put Indiana in the in the Missouri Valley. Like, all right, you know, what's going to happen? Is Belmont going to be able to beat a team like Maryland that they have to play in the first round last year? And they nearly did, but um, I don't know. It's it's just it's a question every year it comes down to it. So Well, I mean, I'm pro-mid-major. I think mid-majors, like, last year, it was just a horrible year for mid-majors because we were deprived of seeing – Mike Dom and Chris Clemens playing in those, you know, neat two guys who are top 10 all time D1 scorers 
Neither yep. of them made the tournament. It was very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think there were a lot of good, really good mid-majors at the top, which left a lot of the you know, 12, 13, 14 seed mid-majors to not really do much because all those guys were, you know, the Waffords and the Murray States and the Belmonts. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's fair that we didn't have a lot of those stars that you know, you don't see unless you turn on ESPN Plus. And part of the problem with that, with them being a seven or an eight seed, is what ends up happening is they end up having to play a one or a two in the second round, so they could be very well done. Whereas if it's a fourteen or a thirteen seed, there's a big difference in my eyes a lot of the time between a one or a two seed and a three and a four, uh, and sometimes other stuff happens maybe sometimes uh a six ends up being a three and so now they don't have to play that in the in the third round of the tournament where you get a three versus a four now they're playing a six seed and they can keep their magical cinderella run exactly you've, you've got it exactly right and the last year was one of the weird years i remember looking at it i'm like this is going to be strange because you've got like you said wofford Utah State was another team that I think was an eight seed and it's just Buffalo was like a six seed I want to say yeah and it's just tough because they're you know it's they have to play those teams at some point but it doesn't lead to the crazy runs like you're saying where at least number wise it's like oh my gosh a 13 beat a four and a 14 beat a three and all of a sudden the 14 seed is in the sweet 16 because they just had to play a three and a six you know or yeah a three and an 11 or whatever it may be instead you've got wofford who was a seven they won their first game and then ran into kentucky in the second round yeah and they, they played kentucky to their credit they played them pretty well they did that was a good game yeah yeah, they did. But like you said, if that's if they have lost, I know it sounds bad, but if they lost a few more games during the regular season, maybe they would have been like a 12 seed. All of a sudden, maybe Wofford wins two tournament games instead of just one. Yeah, and the other thing is when you have the higher seed and you're a mid-major, there's a much, much bigger target on your back than there is as if you're a 12 or a 13. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, because you've got four other 12 or 13 seeds that are mid-majors. All of a sudden, you got a team like Wofford who's a 7 and you look at the other sevens, and they obviously stick out as not really belonging there. Yeah. So I guess we're at mid-majors right now, Evan, and we'll we'll come back. Don't worry, Big 12 and Pac-12 fans. We'll come back to that. In terms of mid-majors, who do you like the most this year? So, you know, I don't know if they're mid-major anymore, but Gonzaga is, is the best team from <laughs> yeah, a one or two We haven't talked conference. about Gonzaga yet, so <laughs> yeah, fitting. Well, yeah, I will give Gonzaga some love just because of it's similar to what Chris Beard is building in Texas Tech and uh, you know what um, Bennett is building, Tony Bennett's building with Virginia. But um, man, Mark Few has just outdone himself with Gonzaga. He's got another top ten team. Part of it is because of where they play in the West Coast Conference, but they bring back Killian Tilly, who missed a lot of last year. He's going to be a name to watch in terms of draft boards this year as a senior. Could be a late first round pick. Um, Admin Gilder is a big transfer that they're getting from Texas A&M. And then Corey Kispert really showed out last year as being a, a good player to go to. So they're going to be a top 10 team regardless, I think. By the way, they also picked up as an assistant coach Roger Powell Jr. from yeah. many people remember from the classic University of Illinois team that went to the championship game and lost to North Carolina. He was a starter. 
And he was also an assistant coach when I was at Valpo. I got to interview him several times. Awesome, awesome guy. I would love to see him get a ring this year. Yeah, no, like you said, great guy. Um, I know you interacted with him a bit, and you you got to meet him too. Yeah, no, that was that was thanks to you for that. It was uh, really cool to to meet him and uh, share some common ground with him for sure. But um, yeah, I, you know it, it, that's a big get for them, honestly, to have him. Yeah, on he's the bench. a great recruiter. Yeah, exactly, and uh, you know that, that's a that's a huge get. He definitely probably pulls from a different market than the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, he he has got his ties here in the Midwest and Chicago, yeah. and yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, definitely a huge get for Gonzaga in, in that respect. So, um, but yeah, you know, in terms of looking at other mid-major teams, like you're saying, or teams from smaller conferences, Utah State. They really put themselves on the map last year. I was not sold on them until I really saw them in tournament play. Um, but they're going to be a fun team. They're going to kind of pick up where um, Nevada left off. If you remember Nevada kind of dominating the Mountain West the past yeah. couple of years. That's where Utah State's going to pick up. They've got a guy named Sam Merrill who um, a lot of people will know his name if they don't already by the end of this season. As um, you know, He should average anywhere from 20 to 25 points a game. They've got another guy named Brock Miller who really came along last year as a guard. And then, you know, in terms of other mid-majors, one that can really, really stick out, and I like them a lot. I've actually got them in my top 25. I don't think it's too much of a hot take because I think the AP does as well. Um, And I don't know if this is really a mid-major, but in the Atlantic 10, VCU. um, Yeah, they're number 25. Okay, yeah, so they're in there. Um, they're going to be a lot of fun. Marcus Evans is a big time guard that comes back for them. Uh, you know, a lot of their success will ride on him, but they're they're going to be. Um, this could be the year where they get back to being like a five six seed, kind of those Shaka Smart years when he had them rolling. Another school that I want to make note of because you mentioned an Ivy League school earlier. Harvard got 24 votes. Yep. <laughs> That's a lot of love for an Ivy League team it going sure into is. the season. Yeah, no, Harvard, uh, they're going to be a lot of fun too. I think uh, there's there's good things to say about Harvard. I would not be shocked. Um, you know, Obviously, the AP's got votes. I would not be shocked if they jump into the, the top 25 at some point this season. Yeah, I mean, it, having it this early and you would think – if they're that good of a team, they're not going to be losing many mm-hmm. games, uh, at least early on in the season. So we'll definitely see that, I would think, Yeah. if they are if they are all they're cracked up to be. Yeah, no, and I know I'm name-dropping a lot, but Bryce Aiken, he's their guy to watch. He averages about 22 a game. Uh, fun, fun little small guard to watch. Uh, you know, we've seen it out of other guards from smaller conferences before, you know, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Ja Morant, Isaiah Cannon, some of those guys, uh, Bryce Aiken, you know, he's he's a smart guy, obviously, being at Harvard, and uh, he seems to (laughs) really, really play well on the court, so. All right, let's go back to the Big 12. Was there any, I I think we touched on that conference pretty good. Was there anything else you wanted to add there? Not a ton, no. I think uh, Kansas gets back on top in that one. All right, and the Pac-12, this is a conference that hasn't been super exciting over the last few years, at least it seems. Maybe maybe my memory is serving me wrong. Maybe they were better. Maybe it was just last year that it was disappointing, or maybe it was two years ago. I can't remember, but 
you like this conference a lot this year. Yeah, I, I like them as a you know a rebound candidate. If there's a most improved conference, this is the one. Um, you know, you mentioned last year was pretty brutal. Um, they they were not good as a conference. A couple of years back, they were very good with uh, UCLA when they had Alonzo Ball and Arizona had DeAndre Ayton and Alonzo Trier. But Arizona is back, I think, this year. You know, the whole Sean Miller stuff. Whether you want to believe it is true or not, I know I've, I've, I think I've gone on this podcast and told my <laughs> feelings. Um, he's getting back to to what he, you know, get, getting guys there, recruiting guys. Um, guys are buying into the program again. They've got Nico Mannion, who is going to be one of the another social media star. Um, and if there's a guy, <laughs> I can just picture the student section, Mannion's minions. Oh man. <laughs> Man, if they haven't come up with an idea yet, you just gave them one. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like they can have their minion costumes from Despicable Me, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it a lot. <laughs> I what was it? I saw a nickname for him too. What was it? Uh, Mannion's Mansion. That could be another one. It was something. I mean, he's he's Italian, so he was born in Italy. Yeah, I, it might. I can't remember Italian stallion. I mean, that's that's used a lot, but there was something else. Um, yeah, you could definitely play on his last name. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Man- Mannion's minions. That's uh, say is that. he a freshman? He is a freshman. Yeah. Is that like the correct pronunciation of his name? Because I wouldn't have guessed he was Italian. I would guess he was like Mignani or something. Yeah, I think it's Nico Mannion. I, I, that's from what I understand. But <laughs> then again, I don't know. It's funny. Is he from Italy? Yeah, he was born in Italy. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, though. When I come on these podcasts, I don't know some of these guys just because you don't hear about them talked yeah, about. Yeah, you just read about them. Yeah, and so you have to like almost look up interviews with them from like, you know, EYBL and tournaments, Nike Summit and stuff. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, they've got another guy named Josh Green that's coming in too that will be a big-time player. And then also, um, I might be saying his last name wrong, but Max Hazard or Max Hazard, grad transfer from UC Irvine. He actually led them in points last year with right around 13 or 14 and also led them to a tournament berth. Um, yeah, like I, a, think, I remember watching him last year. Yeah, a lot of fun. He's a really fun player. We'll see how he adjusts to the uh, the Pac-12. But I think between those guys, you've got Chase Jeter, who is a transfer from Duke a few years back. Um, between those guys and obviously – I, I'm really high on Sean Miller. I think he's a great coach. Um, Arizona is at the top of the Pac-12 this year. What other schools are you looking at? So Washington's, Oregon and Washington. Oregon's a good one to, to bring up. Um, they're another team that I kind of feel like I always count out each year. They're in that Michigan, <laughs> Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> you know, I always seem to throw them down at the bottom just because I don't know. They, I guess they don't have like you know the type of guys that are going to light up the stat sheet necessarily. But they do have Peyton Pritchard, who is a very um, wise player beyond his years. I know he's a senior now, but he's been like starting for them since since freshman year or sophomore year. Um, so that's that's a big time player to keep on your roster. Um, I'm not as high on Oregon as some te- as some people might be. I actually don't think I have them in my top 25 um, initially. I think they're in there for the AP, but I've got them at 27 just on the outside. So, 
The press has them at 15. Okay, 15, yeah. See, I'm not that high on Oregon this year. Maybe I should be. Maybe there's something they know that I don't know. But um, <laughs> I'm much more high. I'm much, I'm much higher on Washington this year just because of the, the recruits that they have coming in. Um, in Isaiah Stewart, who's a top five recruit. Jaden McDaniels, top 10 recruit. Quade Green is a transfer coming over from Kentucky. He should be eligible, I think, right away um, for them and provides a point guard really to, to handle the ball and bring the ball up for those bigger guys. So, um, and, and they've done well in the past. Washington was a tournament team last year. I know they played in uh, North Carolina in the second round there was at that game and a lot of fun to watch with Matisse Thibel and some of those guys. So, um, they've, they've been known to bring in big recruits to produce some, some solid NBA talent. And, um, you know, between those three, I think the Pac-12 has three teams that are in the top 25 consistently throughout the season. All right, and you brought up Wisconsin. I just realized we didn't talk about them. <laughs> Hap has graduated now. It felt like he was there for a really long time. Yeah. Brad Davison He's still is there. a very good player. Yeah. He's still there. He's still there. So what do you think about them? Because last year... It seemed like they may have been a little underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, because I think people had higher expectations for them and they ended up just being a, a solid, good team, but nothing really more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of them this year? Yeah, they're they're right in the mix for getting a spot in the tournament. They'll probably be one of those teams that has to play in Dayton initially or, you know, eight nine team, one of them one of those um teams that kind of gets the turn there but yeah like you said Hap is gone um Davison is still there he's going to be their locker room leader their on-court leader believe it or not he's only a junior um and then they've got Demetric Trice as well who's also only a junior so this could be a setup for next year almost for Wisconsin I think um they really didn't bring in a ton of recruits this year so I almost see this as let's get Davison trice some of these other guys they've got a guy micah potter that transferred in from ohio state let's get some of these guys some run this year um if you know it's almost like if anything if if they do well this year and and win a tournament game and a couple tournaments game that that's just bonus i feel like next year is really the year that that they're looking forward to who's gonna be the team this year that is going to be the ultimate disappointment because it seemed I could give you the last two years. Two years ago it was Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Last year was Loyola. Mm-hmm. In terms of a team that, at least in both coming in this Chicagoland area of just a team that looked like, all right, they're on the up. They're gonna take the next step, and they could uh, maybe Loyola. It was hard to think maybe they're not gonna go all the way to the Final Four two years in a row, but they're gonna be a good team. They're gonna make a deep run. Mm-hmm. But they didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, I, yeah, that was shocking because this time last year we would have been talking about Loyola as you know the VCU of of this year, you know, and the team. Not yeah. saying that VCU is going to have a down year, but one of those mid majors, it's top twenty five, you know. So I think if there's a team like that that has a down year this year, I hate to say it, but I feel like you know Maryland is a team they just need to get over the hump this year. I see them doing it, but you know. 
then again, we've talked about their past few teams and how they haven't really <laughs> been able to execute with guys like Stone and Trimble. They've had the talent there before. Um, I think another team, too, a couple other teams that I'm high on, but they've, they're dominated by freshmen, is Memphis and Washington, like we just talked about, who are both right around you know, 15, 16, 17, wherever you look, probably right around there on the AP poll. Um, those are a couple teams, too, that, hey, maybe it's not, maybe this isn't the year that all these freshmen are supposed to make the jump to the NBA and a couple guys yeah. have to come back and Penny is not ready to coach the team yet. You know, who knows? Um, but I always, I, the more I've followed college basketball and the more I've watched it, you realize the farther, the teams that get further into the tournament are the teams that are usually dominated by good guard play and teams that have good guards that are um, juniors and seniors, upperclassmen. So while these teams may be fun to watch initially, um, they could be the teams that kind of flop in the end. So if I could give you the top four teams, I'd give you Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, or the field, you're taking that top four, right? Man, oh, (laughs) it's a tough one. I mean, I never like to... You know, because the top four changes so much each year, and I we don't even have North Carolina in there. I like North Carolina a lot this year. Yeah. Um, you know, with Cole Anthony coming in, and I don't think we really ta- touched on them. No, let me, I was surprised you didn't talk yeah, about them. Yeah, let me talk ACC. about them. We just kind of skipped over them, but Cole Anthony, <laughs> I can't believe I missed them because I love North Carolina. But, yeah, Cole Anthony is a fun player. He could be the number one overall pick this year, combo guard. Son of Greg Anthony, um, who's oh. yeah, not sure if he's still employed with with Turner or not on TNT, but I think he is. I know he's on the 2K video games, um, <laughs> but yeah, North Carolina will be um, fun this year. They've got a couple um, transfers coming in. Justin Pierce is a guy to keep a name on. Um, he's actually a local guy, uh, local Illinois guy, actually. So from Glen Ellen, Illinois, uh, went to Glen Bard South. So he's a grad, uh, grad transfer. So, um, he's going to make a name for himself this year. I really do believe it. And, um, like I said, Cole Anthony is there. So I would, you know, back to your question, I think Michigan state is the team to beat this year. I think they have everything to win it all this year. Then again, I've said the same thing about like teams like Kansas past couple <laughs> of years, and you seem to you know Duke, Duke last year. You never go wire to wire, you know. It just seems to never happen. So it's tough to say, but at this point, I'd have to say, give me the top four. <laughs> you can have the field. If yeah. You want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what I really wanted to gauge from that question was: Is this a top-heavy year, or is this a year that anyone could really win? Um, I think it's a year. I think it's a year anyone can really win, and I think we're going to keep seeing that happen in college basketball more and more now with the disbursement of recruits. I mean, if you just look at the the top ten for recruits, this is really the first year where Duke and Kentucky they've they've made their presence known, but they haven't dominated. I mean, Penny Hardaway got two of the top fifteen guys. Um, we didn't even mention Anthony Edwards is going to Georgia, and he's the number two recruit and arguably the best player um best nba ready player uh he's he's going to be a ton of fun to watch at georgia tom crean had a huge huge get with him he's similar to like a donovan mitchell victor oladipo type of player but um 
you know, in terms of top heavy this year, or can we see another Texas Tech, Auburn type team come out of the pack like last year? I think we're going to start seeing that become more and more likely where you, it's not uncommon to see a three, a four, a five seed make the final four and make a run at things. So, you know, one through 25, if you go down to 25, that's right around six or seven seeds. Um, if you're, you know, mapping it out in your brackets, that's kind of what we're looking at here. Um, so <laughs> I guess I'm rambling, but while you know, <laughs> Michigan State, obviously the number one team, but you've got a few others who can, uh, they can always make the run and it's, it's become more and more prevalent in recent years. Evan, it's been so much fun, dude. I'm just looking forward to in a few weeks, we're going to have the Maui Invitational and all those really fun preseason tournaments or whatever you want to call them, early season tournaments. College basketball is underratedly one of the best sports to watch around the holidays. It is, yeah. Especially, like you said, with all these tournaments, you know, it's dominated by the Thanksgiving tournaments. We've already talked about the the uh, tournaments right around Christmas Day. They're usually at in Chicago at the United Center. Um and then, you know, you go even farther and you've got the tournament leading right up to Easter, or right around Easter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, touching on all, all those holidays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's always, you know, football gets all the love this time of year. But, I mean, this is stuff that I'm going to be most excited about for these next few months. Yep. And, and you know, as much as you want to talk about it, the game, it's – you know, it's very pure still at the college level in terms of how it's executed. And you'll watch it, you'll learn a lot, you'll see a lot of zones, a lot of presses, a lot of back screens and um, UCLA cuts and all kinds of stuff that, um, you know, NBA teams still run and you'll see at the professional level, but it's really ran to perfection at the college basketball level in terms of play calling and um, different schemes and stuff. You're so right. I mean, that's what makes the game so great. I mean, I just love, I love seeing, I mean, there are definitely problems I have with the NBA just in terms of the way the game is played. I don't love the current iteration of the game in terms of the three-point obsession. I don't love uh, some of the block charge fouls that are called at that level. I feel like the officiating is just so much more evenly balanced in college. I mean, I feel like in NBA, there's a lot of star treatment. There are a lot of things that you can complain about. And I just, yeah, I love the college game. It's my, it's my, this has become my second favorite league behind Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and it's been fun to follow it the past few years. And, um, you know, it's, it's cool to see how schools are the same, you know, the same name of the school, but you get different guys coming in each year and you got the same head coaches there generally, but, um, it is, it is a fun sport. And, you know, even though it's not professional yet, <laughs> we could, that could be a whole another podcast, uh, <laughs> paying the players and everything yeah. and everything that's come out in the past couple of weeks here. But, um, it's, it's right up there in terms of, like you said, one of my favorites. All right, Evan, uh, is there anything you'd like to, promote uh would you like to throw your social media handles out there anything like that yeah sure so um i'll definitely be retweeting this but um you can find <laughs> that retweet on evan underscore on underscore earth 96 yeah i really like that twitter handle it's a good one well thanks again to you for creating <laughs> that <laughs> you've got you've got a marketing mind you've got the 
the Evan on Earth handle. You've got the uh, Mannions Minions. <laughs> <laughs> got a few good things going there. So. <laughs> Keep it up. All right, Evan. This was so much fun. Uh, check in sometime, maybe December. Let's uh, let's take a look at how the season's going. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again for having me on, Jack. Always fun to talk with you. So that does it for my conversation with Evan Myers. Had a, such a fun time talking college hoops with him. It's so great to have college basketball back. I've missed it, and this is definitely going to help me through the winter as I anticipate the return of Major League Baseball. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on iTunes, and you will never miss an episode. If you are subscribed, you will always get the episodes delivered to you before they are available to everyone else. You're going to want to subscribe. You're going to want to download. It really helps a lot. Tell your friends about this podcast. If you could just tell one friend about the podcast today, that would be so great. Mm -hmm. Such a huge help to me as I try to grow this show and grow the audience so other people can enjoy what we're putting out here. Follow me on Twitter at Jack Vita Show. I like to engage with the listeners, hear your thoughts on the episodes. Let me know who you think is going to win it all this year in college basketball. It was very fun previewing this season. I'm really excited to get to some of those early season tournaments in a couple of weeks around Thanksgiving. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I had a lot of fun putting it out, and I'm so excited to continue to share my thoughts and analysis on this college basketball season. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, hope you enjoyed today's show. Until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters. <laughs> <laughs>